Hello and welcome to Remotely Working, the podcast where we discuss productivity, intentional living, health, and leadership for remote workers with the goal of helping you integrate your life and work well. My name is Justin DeRose, your host and the founder of Effective Remote Work. When you think of leadership, what do you think of? Do you think of CEOs leading large companies, a previous manager that you had in a different job, an entrepreneur who's starting up a new venture, a president or senator, a congressperson, a prime minister? someone who's been elected to a role, maybe a mayor. There are many high-level, visible positions of leadership in a society. However, leadership is so much more than just position. In fact, I would contend that everyone is a leader in some way, shape, or form. Parents are leaders. Teachers are leaders. Frontline workers in an office are leaders. You, no matter what you do, are a leader. And because of this fact, I wanted to talk through today the main foundation of leadership, influence. And because work looks a little differently as a remote worker, I wanted to chat through some ways that you can build influence to positively impact the company that you are working for as well. Influence at the core is the impact that you can have on someone else's decisions. A teacher can have an impact on a student by encouraging them to go deeper on a subject that they see that they're talented in. A manager can have an impact on an employee by saying, hey, I see you're struggling in this area. Can I help you? These are all ways that influence is exerted, but also built. And everyone has a circle of influence. For some, this is limited to friends or family. Others, this is extending to coworkers. And others even so through their elevated position in some kind of a hierarchy at work, whether they're a manager or director or vice president, CEO, so on and so forth. At the core, influence is how we get stuff done together. Collaboration, compromise, and decision-making are all accomplished through some kind of exertion of influence. In essence, influence is at the core of how modern-day work happens. So as a remote worker, It's important to recognize that even though you don't always see your coworkers every single day, you might not always talk to your boss or see them every single day, there is influence that's still occurring within your organization that you need to be aware of that's affecting collaboration, compromise, and decision-making. Since we've built the foundation of what influence is, I wanted to talk on the different ways that influence can be used. I've identified it four from my own experience and research. And those are manipulative influence, positional influence, political influence, and personal influence. Manipulative influence is one we're going to get out of the way first because this is bottom-of-the-barrel influence. It's probably not even influence whatsoever, but it's essentially using your own personal power to make someone do something that you want them to do. Say, for example, a boss says, I need you to work on this project, otherwise I'm firing you. That's manipulative influence. It's aggressive. It's using their power and threat of you losing your job to get you to do something that they want. This is not positive influence whatsoever, and it is one that should be avoided at all costs. Positional influence is the influence that comes with a position. If you get promoted to being a manager, you now have a sense of influence over the employees that you're leading. Positional influence is when that manager then says, hey, employee who's reporting to me, can you do this thing? And then they go and do it. Or positional influence also looks like, 
hey, what's the status of this project? And immediately that employee you're asking puts that project higher on the priority ranking because you just asked. It's something subconscious that happens with a person of influence or position above that person asking about something that they're working on. These are kinds of positional influence. Political influence goes up another level, and it's basically the quid pro quo approach, or this for that. Political influence says, hey, I will give you this thing in return for you doing this thing for me. Or, sure, I'll give up this thing now, knowing in the back of my mind that I'm going to need something from you in the future, and so I'll quote-unquote call in that favor. It's a common way to build influence in the business world, but I would even say so that it's not entirely the best way to do so. Lastly is personal influence. Personal influence is your investment in other people. It's the time you take to take care of someone. It's the time you take to intentionally invest in building someone's skill set, giving them assignments, trusting them, giving them autonomy to be able to do their work without hanging over their shoulders. Personal influence is lasting because it's ultimately built on trust. When you're investing in other people, you're building trust with them. You're building a reputation with them as, hey, this person actually cares with me. Therefore, the type of influence we want to primarily invest in building in the relationships that we have in our life, whether in our personal lives or in the workplace, is personal influence. Stephen Covey talks about this like an emotional bank account of sorts. When you invest in someone, you're making deposits in that relational account. And when you don't invest in them or you do something negative, you make withdrawals. You want to make more deposits in people's bank accounts than you want to make withdrawals. That's building personal influence. So how do we build this kind of influence with our team in a remote setting? Because let's be honest, remote work has to think a little bit differently about things. It's built essentially through intentionality and trust. So I wanted to go through a couple of strategies you can use to be intentional to build influence with your team. First and foremost, I think it's important to seek and have clarity for yourself. It's really hard to be intentional with other people when you're not clear on where you are, what you are doing in your role, and where your role stands in an organization. Therefore, have conversations. Ask questions of your manager. Try to understand what their priorities are and what your priorities should be in your organization. When you have clarity in those areas, you can then be effective in pursuing those priorities first and foremost above other things. Additionally, over-communicate if possible. This is kind of a broad statement, but it applies generally in work in the office as well as remote work, but I think it's doubly more important in the remote work context. Why? Because your boss and your coworkers can't see you. So when you're starting on a project, if there's an expectation of a boss knowing or if it's beneficial for a boss to know if you're working on it, let them know. Let them know when you get stuck. Ask for help. When you finish a project, let people know that you're done. Let the appropriate people know that you're finished. Another strategy is to simply have empathy. Recognize people's situations. Have a listening ear. Seek to understand. Ask great questions. Not questions that are loaded where you're trying to get an answer out of someone, but asking open-ended style questions. Say, how are you doing? What did your weekend look like? 
What challenges have you had on this project? Recognize that people might have bad days. And when you do, be a kind voice in their life. Another way is to empower others to be their best. And there's three big strategies that you can empower in doing so. The first is mentoring. You can talk to someone and be involved in their day-to-day work. You can say, hey, what are you struggling with? And if they have some issues, maybe you can jump in and help them out and try to guide them or lead them in some approaches for approaching those problems differently. You can coach them. You can engage in a coaching style, which is different from mentoring. Mentoring is more focused on how you do things. Coaching is more focused on empowering that person and drawing out the strength that they have within them already. So you can ask open-ended questions in this context as well to try to help them process through the problem. They more than likely already know the answer, but they just need a sounding board of sorts who can help them with pointed questions that are open-ended to walk through that process. You can also sponsor someone. Sponsoring is great because you're basically putting someone else up to get work or to do something. A way you can sponsor someone is if a project comes up, you can say, hey, I think this person would be a great fit for taking on this project. There are lots and lots of ways that you can learn to build influence with your team in a remote setting. It takes intentionality at another level. You're not just seen. You're not just getting those casual relational conversations that you would in an office environment. But if you're intentional to have relationship with people on your team, if you're intentional to communicate regarding to work items, be sure to have a kind and listening ear and use a kind voice when you're talking to people, especially when they're having a rough day. And probably the most important is empower other people. Influence is the foundation for leadership. If you're looking to build influence, do so in a positive way by building personal influence. That's the way to improve the culture in your organization, to make your workplace a better workplace than it even is now, and to be the most effective as an organization to getting the work done that you've set out to do. That closes out today's episode of Remotely Working. Check out remotelyworking.net to subscribe. Give us feedback by emailing us at hello at effectiveremotework.com. For more free resources designed for remote workers, head on over to effectiveremotework.com. My name is Justin DeRose, and this has been Remotely Working.